Hello and welcome to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kelly, and I am a clinically trained therapist, emotional wellness and life coach, and healer. My mission is to help as many humans as possible feel safe to feel their feelings in order to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for being here and let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the Feel It to Heal It podcast by yours truly. I'm about to hop on to Instagram Live to do Morning Tea Live to chat all about knowing versus embodying. What is the difference between those two? So let's hop on Instagram. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tea Live. Happy Wednesday. I hope you guys are having a beautiful morning. If you saw my stories last night, you know that I was struggling a lot with this heat. I am still sweating. (laughs) And guys, I'm very spoiled in San Diego. It literally says it's like 72 degrees outside, which is like prime weather. But because I live on the second floor and the heat rises and my air conditioner is shit, it's just... It's just an oven in here. So yeah, grateful I'm not anywhere hotter. I know that I have it very good here and uh, still very hot. So we are just going to sweat and show up anyway, because that's how we do it here. We show up in all forms, in all ways of being. We come as we are, because that is what being human is all about. So I didn't really have a topic planned for today. And as I was cooking my breakfast and getting my tea ready, I was thinking about where I'm at in my healing journey, because really all of these videos that I'm making for you guys, it's to share exactly where I'm at so that when you get to that place, there's there's content and material and guidance for you at every stage of the healing journey every stage of the expansion journey, every stage of the journey of life. So if you're still focusing on one thing and there's the time that I recorded about that thing, it's meant to support you in a timeless way. So I like to share kind of where I'm at or lessons that are coming through for me and my clients, because if they're coming through for me and my clients, they could be coming through for you too and can reach people that are, you know, maybe at a certain point or at a similar point. So I was thinking about how one of the big things that I've been working on in my healing journey is not using what I know in terms of, I know I'm now very conscious of my childhood trauma, my childhood wounds, my attachment style, my my nervous system wiring from childhood and all of that. And sometimes we can get stuck in using that as an excuse for behavior. And so I'm really at the stage where I want my ability to shift out of that wounding and my ability to help my inner child feel safe and not take over to be stronger than the trigger, than the wound, than the inner child, because when I get deeply triggered, it can feel the opposite. It can feel like, where did my adult self go? Where did she go? She left the building. (laughs) And I'm laughing now, but in the moment it fucking feels awful. Cause I'm like, 
I finally got to experience what it's like to live through my adult self. And then she left the building. Like it's like fucking re-traumatizing. So I want to get to the point where my ability to integrate and embody what I know to be true lands in my body in such a cellular way that no matter what trigger happens, I don't allow little me to take over anymore. And this happens in layers, right? Like this happens in deep layers. So the last time I got triggered, it was like, okay, like I'm aware I'm not projecting. And so I can own my stuff and just be with the pain. But there was still so much chic, sneak, cheeky. I was combining sneaky and shame. Cheeky. <laughs> there was so much cheeky shame. <laughs> Who knows? Shame could be so cheeky. There was cheeky, sneaky shame. <laughs> but it wasn't shifting because I was avoiding the shames unconsciously. And so this last time, I'm just going to be fanning myself for a while because I'm fucking dripping. Um, this last time that I got triggered with the same wound, it was like, okay, the shame is here. The pain is here. The awareness is here. But little me was like fighting so hard. She was fighting so hard. She was grasping. She was seeking external saving. She wanted to project so badly. And even though consciously I knew not to do that, energetically, I was basically still doing it. So where I'm at is I want to really continue to further embody and integrate everything I know up here so that it fully lands in here so that when a trigger comes up, it's like, oh, I got this. It doesn't even affect me the same way. It doesn't even land the same way. Maybe it doesn't even trigger me. I've had things where like my mentor would be like, does this trigger you? And I'm like, oh my God, I don't think I feel anything. And it's like bizarre because you're so used to getting triggered by the same shit over and over again. And then when you don't, you're like, wow, this is fucking freedom. It's amazing. <laughs> so I want to talk to you today about the difference between knowing and embodying. But as always, let's take a breath because we didn't do that. Oh. <sighs> I need one of those, you know, when you go to Six Flags, I've never been to Six Flags, but you know, when you go to Six Flags, when people go to Six Flags and they have one of those like fan squirt bottles, like they squirt water and it fans you. That's what I want right now coming out of my computer. <laughs> okay. So let's take a breath. So hands on your heart, inhaling all the way in. And side out. And again, I'm just landing in this present moment. And one more. Just noticing how your body's feeling in this present moment. Knowing that however it's feeling is okay. There's no right or wrong way to feel. It's just however it is. And the more that we can accept, the more that we can change. Acceptance always comes before change. So let me know how that felt for you guys. If you're watching live, let me know in the comments. And let's dive in. So my one-on-one -on -one program is called Insight because that is always the first step, is bringing the unconscious to the conscious. If we are 
walking through life, basically asleep, unconscious to the way in which we're relating, we then have no ability or power to change it. So the first step is having someone be a mirror for you and literally mirroring back your blind spots. Like, what are you not seeing? Because we can't see it because we are in it. We are us. So we can't see all of the blind spots. And so when we finally are able to bring the unconscious to the conscious, we then give ourselves an opening. We give ourselves a path forward in being able to relate differently. But we can't relate differently if we, we don't even know that there's something to be relating differently about, right? So that's why I named my program Insight because insight and having the insight into yourself, the insight into your mind, your body, your heart, your soul, that is the first step. Without that, you're asleep. You are an unconscious being <laughs> just walking through life, relating habitually, relating through the unconscious. And that is a beautiful first step. But what happens is we can get so stuck intellectualizing because we are brilliant, brilliant creatures. So we get stuck intellectualizing where we're like, oh yeah, I know that I do this thing or I know that this comes from my mother wound or I know that this comes from my childhood trauma. And it's like, yes, that is beautiful to know that. And if you are using that as a way to perpetuate the behavior rather than taking radical ownership and responsibility over your behavior, it's just perpetuating the trauma. It's not actually allowing you to shift the trauma and to relate differently. And the thing that I keep learning over and over and over again is no matter what the stories are in our heads of like, oh, well, this isn't fair, or this person did this, or they should change this, or like literally it always comes back to us. No one can change anything for us except for us, which on one hand is fucking liberating because we no longer have to rely on others and wait for others for our lives to change. But on the other hand, that's a big reality check because you're like, oh shit, I was projecting onto my partner or my mentor or my child or my lover or my friend or my family, making them wrong, making it their responsibility. People are going to be wrong all the time. We can't control that. What's in our power is how we relate to that. And that doesn't mean we bypass. It doesn't mean we ignore. It doesn't mean we tolerate abusive behavior. It means that we come home to what is in our power. So what is in our power? Feeling our feelings, not bypassing our feelings. In the spiritual community, there's a ton of spiritual bypassing where People just want to be love and light all the time. That's not human. We are souls in a human body. Life is not going to be love and light all the time. Life is fucking painful. And as much as we want to deny that, we can't. Because when we deny it, we deprive ourselves of a very real human experience of feeling pain. Pain can be a beautiful thing. It's not this negative. I mean, it's painful. That's what it is. But it doesn't have to be this dark negative association of like, like avoid pain at all costs, because that's what our bodies are designed to do. So in a way, we have to like fight ourselves on that. Our mind is going to be like, nope, danger, danger, danger. And our highest consciousness, our highest self 
has to literally communicate to that primal part of the body, our prefrontal cortex, our limbic system, all the parts of our brains that are like ready to pounce like an animal as if we're being chased by a bear. And so what happens is when that amygdala gets so fired up, it shuts down the prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for that logical thinking. And so then we do things very irrational. We act like we're being chased when we're not being chased. We act like someone's hurting us when we're not, they're not hurting us. And so what I lead my clients through is essentially a shattering of the perception of themselves, which can be utterly terrifying because when you lose that sense of self, you're like, well, who the fuck am I? And the ways I've been relating are all trauma-based. And so then what, what is authentic and what is not? And it can feel like this terrifying dark night of the soul journey. And listen, I'm brutally honest about this process because I don't think it's ethical nor in good consciousness to advertise a service of like, yeah, sign up and work with me. And this is going to be the best three months of your life. It might be. But probably in the for the reasons why you don't think it would be. <laughs> so like, yes, if you ask my one-on-one -on -one clients, absolutely, they're probably experiencing some of the best times of their lives because of this work. But before that, it gets worse. It, it's looking at every part of yourself that you've been relating to from trauma and realizing, holy shit, this was my wounding. This was my inner child. This is not authentic, grounded, most powerful me. And your your identity gets shattered if if you let it. That is the key. Like this work will rip you wide open if you allow it to. But if you run away from shame, if you run away from pain, you're just going to stay stuff suffering in the same loop. And so for me, one example of that is like, I always thought I had such a strong sense of self. Like even in college, my roommates would be like, Rachel's so emotionally sound. She's such a strong sense of self. And in my deepest soul and my highest self, I do. But in terms of how I was presenting to the world and how I was relating to the world, a big part of my strong sense of self was dependent on my ego was dependent on my anxious attachment. And so therefore it actually wasn't a strong sense of self because when my anxious attachment would get activated, which my roommates wouldn't see because it only happens in romantic relationships or with my mentor or with certain family, like it's your closest primary attachments. So the outside world doesn't see the side of you and they're like, oh yeah, she has such a strong sense of self. And it's like, yeah, and the way I relate to you, it comes off that way. But if I truly had a strong sense of self, then I wouldn't be getting so fucking activated where I lose myself grasping to other people when my anxious attachment gets activated. So that's been my work is to develop a stronger egoic container, a stronger sense of self so that when someone I'm attached to lives their life and does something, I don't feel the need to grasp on, to control, to project, to feel like I'm being abandoned. A strong sense of self means little me feels like adult me has got her back. And so rather than chasing the man or chasing my mentor or chasing someone else and losing my sense of self, it's I am my own anchor and adult me has got me. 
has got little me. And that's what building that strong sense of self looks like. So that really shattered my whole perception of myself. I was like, but I've always had a strong sense of self. Da, da, da. And my mentor would be like, yeah, that's your fucking ego. And I was like, holy shit. I didn't even know that I had a big ego. Turns out I have a big ego. <laughs> and even though looking at these things can be shameful, they don't have to be. Like, yes, they will bring up shame because we associate big ego with something negative, but they don't have to. It doesn't have to be shameful. Because once we realize that all of us are relating through trauma and we're all human and we all have shit to work on, it just normalizes it as a human experience, not in the sense that we want to normalize perpetuating it, but in the sense of, oh, I have a big ego. Now that I'm aware of it, I can do something about it. And I can be aware when something's coming from my ego versus coming from my highest, most securely attached self, because I can feel I can feel energetically the difference. I can feel when I'm relating through my ego of like, you know, it's like that little like voice inside versus securely attached self, which is like, cool. Yeah, great. Like doesn't have to mean anything about me. When you make shit mean something about you, your ego is usually involved. Your ego, your inner child, your dysregulated nervous system, all very much interchangeable. <laughs> so I think I digressed a little bit from this topic, but you know, it's all related. So the point is, is that we can know all the things, but if we then use those wounds as an excuse for the behavior, we're not actually going to change the behavior. And this is a cycle that I kept getting stuck in was like, well, yeah, I feel this way because of this wound and we know why and blah, blah, blah. Like my mentor would be like, well, why are you making it mean this about you? And I'm like, well, we know why, because my childhood. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, we do. And also it's time to shift it, right? Or like for me, I would use my conditioning from the therapy world as a way to get validation for something that I was trying to control and be like, well, it's because in the therapy world, da, 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 da. And so noticing where you're using your wounding as an excuse. This doesn't mean we don't have compassion. Doesn't mean we don't have gentleness with ourselves. It doesn't mean that we don't have empathy. It doesn't mean we shame ourselves for it. It means that we hold that part of ourselves so lovingly, so deeply, so gently, and honestly, radical honesty will set you free. And I used to fight my mentor on this so fucking hard. I would be like, well, I'm not lying. <laughs> and she would be like, yeah, but you're not actually being honest with what's happening. So rather than being like, oh, fuck, my ego got in the way or fuck, control came up. I'd be like, well, my conditioning, da, 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 da. And it's like, but that's not actually what's happening. That's just an excuse for what's happening. So when you are embodying and integrating, so this is, this is the trajectory, right? First step, you gain insight, you gain awareness, you gain knowledge. And that awareness in and of itself can be freeing. It's a beautiful, beautiful gift. And then the second part is, okay, now that I know this, how can I integrate what I know? So I know what I'm, how many times have you been like, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I just don't do it, right? We do that all the fucking time as humans. I know I'm supposed to brush my teeth, but I don't know. I know I'm supposed to floss twice a day. I know I'm supposed to drink X amount of ounces of water. Speaking of water, everyone drink some water. 
we can know all the things, but if we do not feel safe to actually integrate them and integrate new habits, literally our daily habits create our lives. How we spend our time and energy every single day creates our lives. And we have so many energy leaks. We scroll, we overthink, we get perfectionistic about shit that doesn't fucking matter. Like literally it doesn't fucking matter. I think about if I spent like, like when I, I create a reel every day, right? So I'm creating my reel and I'm like, and I can be perfectionistic about some things like my healing, you know, other things. But when it comes to content, that's never messy action for me is just better than no action. So I never claim to be an expert reel maker. I just fucking go on there and put something together and I put it out into the world. And so that's just me, right? There are other people that have perfectionism around that, but not around other things like I do, right? So it shows up differently for all of us. None of us are exempt from that, but it's really looking at like how much time and energy we waste. Like I literally think about that when I'm creating my reel. I'm like, if I were to just sit here and like try and make it perfect, like what does that even mean? I don't even know what making it perfect would look like, but let's say I just criticize every little thing that I put in there and it was like just taking hours, I would never, ever, ever have the energy to show up and do it every day. Just like right now, showing up and talking to you right now in this moment, I would not have the energy to do that if I was like, oh, I have to now go edit out all the parts where I'm sweating and fanning myself or where I burp or where I, you know, have like something in my throat, like all the parts that I'm human right? If I had to edit out all that shit, I would be like, fuck no, I'm not doing a podcast. That sounds exhausting. So when we give ourselves permission to fucking show up, it actually allows us to show up a lot more easily because we're not trying to be unhuman. We're just showing up as we are. So that's why I show up when I'm sweating my balls off. I don't have balls, but you know what I mean? When I'm sweating my ovaries off. <laughs> it's why I show up when I have face masks or pimples or whatever, because like we're human. We're supposed to be human. So stop pretending that we're supposed to be anything other than human. It drives me fucking insane when I, and this doesn't mean you can't use a filter or you can't put on makeup or you can't do things that make you feel good about yourself. I fucking do that shit all the time. But it just means like, Stop making things wrong about yourself that are not wrong. It's not wrong that you fart and poop and sweat and have pimples and have to cough and have to sneeze. Like, it's not wrong that you have a double chin. It's not wrong that your hair is a mess. Like, none of it's wrong. It's called being human. So anyway, that was a side tangent. But <laughs> the point is, you guys know I get so fired up about this stuff. But trying to stay on topic it's real hard <sighs> the whole point is that if you know all the things but you're not actually allowing yourself to relate differently you have to look at where does little you not feel safe to relate differently where does she not feel safe or he or they feel safe to integrate what you know integration is everything if you don't integrate then everything you know just goes down the toilet like what's the point of it if you're not actually integrating it so how do we integrate? We look at, okay, this is something that normally we would be relating to this. See, I talk about burping. I'm burping as I speak. We talk about relating 
the old way. The old way would be yelling. The old way would be projecting. The old way would be controlling. So now something comes up, you feel your control come up or your perfectionism or your need to know or your judgment or any other protector. And you're like, okay, it's time to relate differently. How am I going to integrate what I know, what I know to be true? Okay, I'm going to tend to little me rather than project on someone and make them wrong. I'm going to be honest about how I feel. I'm going to take time for how I feel. And the more you do that, the more your nervous system learns that it's safe to relate differently. And when your nervous system learns it's safe to relate differently, that becomes your new way of safety. And you shed the old way of safety. I used to need TV to feel safe. Literally, if I didn't watch TV every day, I would feel like anxious. Like I needed to fucking numb out in front of the TV every night, which breaks my fucking heart for for past version of myself. Now I've created a new version of safety where I don't need to watch TV. I can chant, I can journal, I can meditate, I can lay on the floor and literally do fucking nothing but just breathe into my body. And that takes continual practice because you're going to want to pull your phone out. You're going to want to distract. You're going to want to overwork, overexercise, overeat, over binge, over watch, overdo all the things because you're going to want to avoid yourself because that feels more familiar. That feels safer than actually being with yourself. This is all, this is like the art of slowing down. Maybe that'll be my next course. The art of slowing down. It's the art of slowing down and noticing what's actually happening for you. And when we're actually able to be honest about what's happening for us, we get to relate differently. It does not mean it will be easy. It will feel scary. But the more you do it, the more it will integrate into your being, into your cells, into your body. And then the more embodied you will become. This is the biggest thing I notice with myself, with clients, with the world is we intellectualize it all, but then we don't actually integrate it. And so again, the three steps are knowing, awareness, insight. Middle step is integrating, taking what you know and starting to integrate it to relate differently. And then when you do that, you embody whatever it is that you know. So knowing, integrating, embodying. Those are the three steps, knowing, integrating, embodying. So it's like your brain then spreads down and then it lands. But this takes repetition. It takes doing, relating differently over and over and over and over again. Every time you want to yell, but instead you take a breath instead. Every time you want to get quiet, but maybe you actually have to yell at someone because they're crossing your boundary and it makes you angry. And maybe you do have to feel safe to raise your voice at them. So whatever you are working to embody or integrate, you have to notice when you're getting stuck in your head, when you're intellectualizing it versus how are you actually relating differently to it? So if you want to change something in your life, you want a new career, you want a new relationship, what are you doing to do that? We are the experts at complaining about shit that we are not willing to actually do anything about. If you want a new job, are you applying for new jobs? Are you getting your resume together? Are you networking? If you want a different relationship, are you actually willing to leave the relationship that's no longer serving you? That takes great courage. It's not easy. It's not supposed to be easy. 
when I hear my clients say, well, you know, it's still hard for me to do that. It's like, well, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. It's going to be hard. It's not easy. That's why I don't sugarcoat this work. It's not supposed to be easy. If it were easy, everyone would do it. But life is not about only doing easy things. We would never grow. We would never learn. We would never shift. We would never transform. We would never evolve. Easy is boring. It's just staying in your comfort zone. So I challenge you to think of what is one thing that you could be taking from what you know and what you've gained awareness on with yourself to actually integrating how are you going to integrate it and how are you going to then embody it? So I want you to literally take a moment to think about that, maybe journal it out and hold yourself accountable because no one is going to change it for you. You are the only one that can change it. And I know it's not easy and that's okay. We can do hard things. As Glennon Doyle says, we can do hard fucking things. We are so fucking powerful. So be gentle with yourself, be compassionate, empathetic, meet yourself where you're at and hold yourself radically accountable radically honest and go do the damn thing because you can do it we all can create change but first we have to meet ourselves and accept where we're at and if you don't want to accept where you're at if you're like i can't accept this behavior good use that as motivation to change the behavior i've done that plenty of times i'm like nope i don't accept that this is who i am i don't accept that this is how i'm going to relate nope and i'm going to change it and i have and i continue to do so and sometimes the old behavior comes back and then I have to shift it all over again. And we got to do it over and over and over because that's what rewiring looks like. It's like original wiring, original wiring, original wiring. And then it's like rewire, rewire, rewire. That's the repetition of it. Our nervous systems need that repetition, that consistency, because each time it learns, okay, this is safe to relate in this new way. So that's all I got for you guys today. Thank you for tuning in. And a reminder that my new program, Powerfully Single, starts this Friday. Woo! I'm so excited. August 4th, 4 p.m. Pacific. I would love to have you live. If you can't attend live, check out the replay. You will get the whole course forever, lifetime access. This is for the single person who wants to fucking embody. Embody, not just know not just know all the things about dating or know all the things about what they should be doing for themselves to take care of themselves, but actually have support in integrating what you know you want, what you know you need. Because when we honor our needs, we then get to focus on our desires, but we cannot try and create desires when we are not meeting our needs to feel safe to even have those desires. It's all connected. So, Head to the link in my bio to check out Powerfully Single. It is a very powerful course. I am so excited. I literally have the first module all outlined right here for what I'll be teaching on Friday. <sighs> I can't wait. And I would love to have you if it feels aligned. So DM with any questions. I hope to see you there. Mwah. Thank you for being here. Take time to come home to yourself. You are so fucking powerful. Don't you ever forget it. Love you guys so much.